Welcome to episode 249 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsberg, and uh, I've got our usual suspects here this week. Uh, ben Rethick's here. How you doing, Ben? I'm good, Dave. Fueled up on a little bit of Picard and really nice weather. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about Picard pre-show. It's uh, coming close to an end. I'm very sad. Uh, but to also hear Jeff Gamut. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing all right. Uh, like Ben, I enjoyed this week's Picard and uh, also this week's Mandalorian. Yeah, I gotta catch. I gotta catch up because uh, we got we got both of them here. So, but look, yeah, we you got do another need to catch up. We got another guest here. Mister um, Mike Potter made it to the show. How you doing, Mike? And you're muted. <laughs> uh, while he works out uh, his mic, uh, uh, microphone. Woes. How about now? There he is. How you doing, Mike? How about now? <laughs> terribly, terribly late. I'm so sorry for not a problem. Not a problem at all. We're glad, we're glad you're here. Time. Glad you're here. Glad Jeff you're here. looks seriously annoyed that I'm late. Well, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't, except Dave just kept going on and on and on about that Mike Potter and oh, well, unreliable. And finally, I was like, whatever. <laughs> Why Let's wouldn't he go show. on and on and on about, oh, wait, about unreliable? Oh, wait, oh, no, that's no, not good. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not at all. So glad to have all you guys here this week. Um, got some good news stories. That CarPlay has been quite a bit active in the news. We'll be hitting that a little bit here. Uh, some changes in the streaming world. Uh, and uh, iOS 16.4.1, very important to, to install that. We're going to talk about that. Beta keeps rolling on. Got the new version of that coming out. Some rumors. And um, I'm going to hit a couple good tips this week. So, And, uh, of course, we might we might even sneak in talking about MacStock, but we'll see. No, we will. Uh so let's go ahead and uh, dive into the news this week. Um, speaking of CarPlay, this first story here is you, apparently now you can order a pizza from CarPlay because, you know, of course, apparently everybody wants this. Uh, Domino's Pizza mm-hmm. rolls out a, an update that adds the CarPlay integration into its iOS app. Drivers are, are therefore allowed to order pizza right from their dashboards. Um, ordering food from the car is a common thing these days, but most drivers still rely on the traditional phone call method, you hope. Uh, although uh, a lot of a lot of restaurants have gone in with their apps, and and, and then people don't don't be uh, ordering your food while you're driving uh, on your app because that that you know that's dangerous. You might you might end up on the side of the road here. So, but uh, it's quite the trend here to see where this is going um, when it comes to, to this type of integration with uh, with restaurants. I mean, I think Dunkin' does it, and a couple others. And I'm, I'm going to see more of these coming soon. What do you think, Ben? Um. I think it is mostly a good thing as long as people don't abuse it and cause traffic accidents. Exactly. Uh, no pizza, not even lose is good. It's good enough <laughs> to uh, die in a track traffic accident because of this is true. And for those of you listening who are not a Chicago uh, person, uh, Ben is talking about Lou Malnati's pizza. So uh, yes, we shouldn't be you should, as much as we love that pizza. You should not be, driving and trying to order at the same time unless you're on the phone yeah i mean if you're going to order it from the car while it's in motion have your passenger do it this is this, this is a good mm-hmm. idea too what what do you think mike would you order pizza from your car like that i no i wouldn't i wouldn't <laughs> order pizza. I'd, I'd order ahead you can always schedule when you want deliveries why do i need to do it from my yeah. car yeah but what i did hear you saying though dave is that you can do it as long as your car is not a gm car this is true, which we'll talk in just a moment about. 
And uh, Jeff, what do you think? Did you order pizza from from your car? No. Um, now, keep in mind, I also have a dairy allergy, so I typically don't order pizza at all. Ah, right. Um, um, on the other hand, you know, it's all about marketing. So it is. If you if you can win a coveted spot on uh, on the dashboard of someone's car, then that's a marketing win for you. This is this is so. Uh, just just call do the normal like 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 Mike said. Just order it over the phone. Pre order it. It'll be ready. You go there, pick it up, and be done with it. Um, but speaking of CarPlay, there's been quite a bit of chatter in the news this week about GM, General Motors, all of a sudden making a bold move here, deciding that they're no longer going to support CarPlay or Android Auto, for that matter, uh, in their in their future uh, in their future cars, which specifically Chevrolets and Cadillacs will not get that because um, you know GM is looking to expand upon. Uh, EVs and going to all electric, you know, a lot of these car manufacturers think they're going to be in 2020, 2030, that they're going to be all electric. I just find it hard to believe we're going to be at that point. But uh, why would they do something like this and think that someone's going to want their proprietary um, system and not CarPlay or Android Auto? I just don't understand. Uh, Jeff, what, what's your thoughts on this? You know, how, how I was just talking about having a coveted spot on the dashboard. Um, this is a really good way to lose, well, everyone looking at yeah. your dashboard. Exactly. Um, there, there are people who buy cars specifically because they have CarPlay in them. And, uh, and there's no way that GM can spin this as a positive for users because whatever system they create, it's going to be created by a car manufacturer, and they don't know how to make user interfaces, period. Right. The other part that uh, makes this absolutely suck is that this is an exploitation of their customer base. And, uh, and there's a growing number of people who find it very distasteful to uh, buy a product as expensive as a car and then and then find that all their data is being mined their privacy is being exploited and that just that, that does not fly this is a bad move yeah uh before i get to rest you guys uh web and uh good to see what bixby in, in our chat at uh, youtube.com slash in touch with ios uh, he's saying a uh, GM wants a subscription once subscription revenue. I would probably tend to agree with him on that. Mm -hmm. uh, of course they that's, do. That's where everything is because Apple specifically with CarPlay, they control that revenue. Uh, Android's probably a little more, Android auto is probably a little more looser with it, but um, you know, that's going to be interesting to see if that is the case and they want people to subscribe to their proprietary service. Hmm. What do you think, Ben? I'm a person who has a 40 plus year relationship with GM. That's right. My great uncle was a Chevrolet dealer. I grew up a Chevy super fan. I have, I mean, and I thought it was absolutely amazing when they chose Mary Barra as the CEO. Well, if this comes to pass, 
Uh, GM will be on that same list with Rivian and Tesla on vehicles that are automatically off my list. I'm not going to change my entire workflow because GM wants subscription revenue this way. Right. I can agree with they should be trying to get that subscription revenue and maximize their profits, but they're doing it in a way that could alienate some of their most loyal customers like myself. Yep. That's it. And you are a loyal customer to them too. So Mike, do you, you have CarPlay in your car? I don't recall if you do or not, but no, no, my car is too old. I don't have CarPlay. Both of our cars are too old to have it. Oh, no, that's not true. We could have gotten it with our 2014, but it was um, it was not built in like it is to every car now. It was an, a quite expensive add-on at the time. Yeah. So we opted not to get it. But my question is, when has a walled garden ever been good? Not very often, if, if at all. <laughs> I think people forget how hard we fought to get out of the walled gardens of the internet back in the 90s to finally have an open and free ecosystem that we could enjoy. Yeah. And I, I keep seeing these companies make attempts to bring the walled gardens back over and over and over again. It's never been good. And every time it happens, everyone pushes back against it. Yep. They relent and then it starts again in 10 years. And it, it and that's kind of what GM is doing. They're building a walled garden for their cars for, for folks who want to connect their phones, whether it be Android or iOS, to their car. And yeah. they're either going to pay or not pay. And, you know, it, it seems to be the trend, doesn't it? When you look at Tesla yep. and you look Tesla, at some of the other, the other manufacturers who are creating these exorbitant subscriptions to use services that should be basic to the vehicle. It's silly. Right. It's silly. And it's just good, like, as Ben said, it's going to drive people away. It is. Well, but meanwhile, Ford uh, uh, announced today that we're committed to CarPlay and Android Auto. So they're, our cars are Good going to have and, and, and trucks are going to have it going forward. So uh, got articles for both the, of those in the, in the show notes here. Um, so they did commit. Uh, so uh, it's going to be a selling point over other EVs like, like GM, Tesla and Rivian. Um, I, I, I really think that GM is going to need to, uh, to, to, really seriously think about this because they're going to lose a, a pretty huge uh, customer base um, because uh, you know, like, like we go rent cars. I, I mentioned this before, you know, when you rent a car, I, I have to have CarPlay. I'm not going to take rent a car and not have CarPlay in it. I mean, I think when I was on my vacation in Vegas a couple weeks ago and I, I got into one of the cars, it doesn't have CarPlay. Nope, I can't. I'm done with this car. I'm going to move, try to find another one here. So um, you just, you, you have to have it. I mean, I know some two, two of you guys don't have it and, and don't know it as well, but Ben and I can attest that it's a, it's a very much value. Yeah. I mean, with my current vehicle, um, it came down to uh, the Hyundai that I currently have and a Volvo XC9, yeah, XC90. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason that... I passed on the Volvo, which I actually preferred. Uh, we could, was because I could not install an aftermarket CarPlay stereo in that mm. vehicle. Mm. Okay. Mm. Yeah, because it's got all the all the, the functionality that you need to access a lot of the the stuff in the car. Yeah, I, I will eventually have CarPlay, um, regardless of whether or not I buy a new car anytime soon. Um, 
my my Prius is uh, compatible with uh, with double din systems, so I'll be uh, eventually popping out the built in system and and putting CarPlay in because yeah. it matters that much to me. Yeah, I uh, think Dave, most... you said a thing that uh, the GM will lose a lot of sales. I don't think they're going to lose as many sales as we think. Because while there's a lot of value in CarPlay and people who want CarPlay want CarPlay, there's a lot of people that buy their car based on on what it is that they want from the car. They, they want a specific GM vehicle or yeah. uh, whatever it is. Um, and they will continue to buy. And, and a lot of those people are buying their cars today, not even knowing that that they support CarPlay. Yeah. But it's also Android um, Auto. So you, so you have an audience of both on both sides of the coin here. So yeah. I, um, I agree with you, Jeff. I agree with you hundred percent. I don't think as many people are going to abandon brands as we might suppose that they're going to just because yeah. CarPlay isn't in there. But Dave raised a really interesting point. And I don't know mm -hmm. if you, if you realized what you said when you said this, Dave, but you talked about car rentals. When people go in to rent a car and they're told that the car that they want to rent doesn't have CarPlay, they're going to ask for a different car. And as more yeah. people, as more people start doing that, what are these car rental companies going to do? They're going to stop buying GM. Yeah. They're going to stop buying the cars that people say they don't want. They're going to buy cars that people do want to drive around. Mm -hmm. That's and a really that, good point. That could really, really hurt GM in a way that, uh, they may not be thinking about it. It's not the individual customer. I agree with Jeff. It's not the individual customer. Right. I think it's Elite those fleet vehicles that, yeah. Yeah, the that, that might be where the problems are. Think about fleet vehicles for, um, oh, let's say school districts or for communities or you know cities. Mm -hmm. This may be a very essential piece for them to have within the vehicle CarPlay so that they can com communicate best with their employees or staff or what have you. If they can't get it, they're not going to buy the car. They're going to buy something different. Yeah, my, yep. I mean, and, and yep. And getting back to the fleet thing, um, EV rentals are becoming an increasingly larger thing. A lot of it, so people can kind of try before you buy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if they, if the EV they get does not meet their needs, they're not going to buy that vehicle. Mm -hmm. And I mean, EVs are a large enough premium and a large enough purchase. And the buyers are a lot more savvy than the, the average car buyer. Uh, so they are going to do their due diligence on that vehicle before they put down that money. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, all right, we'll see what, see what GM does. Well, they'll just, I guess they'll, they'll stick with this until further notice. Um, Next stories here, uh, firmware upgrades have been sent out to all the AirPods, AirPods Max, AirPods Pro. Um, it was a new firmware for all, all the AirPods, basically, uh, this week. Um, it, and it was uh, updated uh, since uh, January and November of last year. Uh, so, they, of course, Apple never tells you what, uh, what they do as far as updating this, and there's really no standard way of upgrading them other than just making sure that they're connected to your iPhone or your iPad, and it should force the update after a period of time. Um, and then the article here does still go through and tell you, it shows you how important to go in and then actually 
check to see what firmware version you have. Uh, so, but you're probably not going to see much because we don't we don't even know. Um, and also, the, uh, Apple kind of changed this now that AirPods uh, users with a, a nearby Apple device can visit an Apple store to update their firmware if uh, uh, if they're not. Uh, uh, if they didn't install it through their iPhone or iPad or Mac, um, I don't know why you would want to do that. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I think most of us have Apple d- devices that uh, I don't think you'd really need to do that. Oh, I can tell you why. There are a lot of Android phone users who, uh, who oh, that's like true. AirPods. That's yeah. true. Um, I mean, you, are we, oh, yeah, that's true because they could be Android, uh, the Android phone, and they cannot and a PC versus a Mac, mm-hmm. a Mac and um, so yeah I guess that that's a good good thing yeah. um, well that's and, their and fault then isn't it no, that's, it is their fault yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all on them it's all on and, them and so. even more so for the uh, AirPod Pro's corporate cousin the Beats Fit Pro mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yep um, and uh, YouTube Premium they just uh, released uh, they now are offering SharePlay and enhanced 1080p video on the iPhone uh, YouTube premium subscribers will be able to uh, soon access share, share play and that enhanced video uh, with a higher bit rate on the iPhone. Uh, YouTube said both features are going to be available on the iOS uh, app in the coming weeks. And it's probably going to be a couple weeks after we recorded this. Um, and, uh, you know, you'll be able to watch YouTube videos with your friends and family while you're doing a FaceTime call t- together. It's got the enhanced uh, 1080p option. Uh, look extra crisp and clear. So why not? I mean, I, I, I'm a YouTube premium customer, so, uh, I do, uh, enjoy not having to watch all those ads. Um, and, uh, no, this is good. This is good to see Google and YouTube doing this. Uh, what do you think, uh, Mike? Oh, I'm sorry. You just said you're a YouTube premium subscriber, so please don't take this the wrong way, but YouTube premium is a freaking ripoff. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a ripoff. Mm-hmm. 20 bucks, some 20 plus bucks a month. They just raised the price, didn't they? I'm still paying ten dollars. What a scam! <laughs> Way too much. The only the only reason it's it's useful is if you want all the music. I don't need a music subscription. I have the music I want. I don't want a music subscription. Yeah. So, for me, total ripoff. I'm paying what seven? No, what am I paying a month for Netflix? Ten bucks, twelve bucks, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they want twenty for YouTube? <laughs> nope. Sorry, not going to do it. I didn't see that they raised the price that high. I mean, like I said, I'm. I'm still paying uh, the nine ninety nine a month for it. Uh, I least... mean, the article says it is eleven ninety nine. Yeah, eleven for YouTube Premium. Yeah, it's not. You might be thinking Why of YouTube, to me YouTube TV that had the no enhanced... YouTube TV is is like uh, seventy eighty bucks. The premium, 80. like the the four K, you can pay extra for that. Yeah, YouTube TV is annoying with the, with the way they've got that pricing. Well, I stand by it. It's still a ripoff. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, no. You know, those commercials aren't, aren't too bad. They, they, you can skip them usually within five seconds or so. And I, mm. that's fine. My, my finger is always over the okay button on my remote. So I just, I just wait for that skip and then boop, there you go. They're all gone. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm fine well, I should it. probably pay to make the commercials go away because I actually have serious emotional distress every time a YouTube commercial comes up and I'm like, seriously, right in the middle of someone's word. Mm-hmm. Seriously, that's the best you can do. <laughs> yeah. Screw you, YouTube. Yeah. Right. But that right in the middle problem. of your video. That is that, a problem. That, that, I they, agree. They, yeah. They Though I do have to say it gave me a slight bit of pleasure when a YouTube ad, uh, interrupted in, in video ad. 
<laughs> oh my god, that's great! It's like Adception. I like it. That's great. Um, then uh, and uh, moving on here to some security updates. So we'll talk about uh, the latest version of iOS here in a minute. Uh, but they did some urgent security updates for decades old Macs and eight year old iPhones. So much for planned obsolescence. This article and I'm more here. Uh, they released four new uh, software updates to help make older devices more secure because these exploits were were, were pretty serious. Uh, so that means iOS 6s is the oldest phone supporting iOS 15.7.5 was released, and on the MacBooks uh, you got going back to Big Sur and and Monterey updates as well. Uh, so uh, they are they are still updating those those older versions for those of you who are still using those, which is I, that's on you know kudos to Apple for for keeping those uh, devices safe because some people just don't aren't ready to upgrade yet. We think mm-hmm. better. Um. I would say it's less the people that aren't ready to upgrade. Um, a lot of the older devices are deployed businesses. Not too. Especially when it comes to, uh, you know, the serving and restaurant spaces where you're seeing a lot of those older iPhones still deployed as uh, on, on server POS systems. Yep. Yep. Uh, Jeff, any, any thoughts on that? Um, first off, it's great that Apple actually does this. Yeah, keep us because safe. a lot of companies would not. Mm-hmm. Um, Android. Then, <laughs> it, when I see stuff like this, it just baffles me that there are so many people just out on the internet that that bag on Apple and say Apple intentionally makes your products obsolete after two years, so you have to buy something new. Right, which they and oh. Which is absolutely not true. And this is yet another instance backing that up. And yet there's, I, I see it all the time where uh, where people are saying, why would you buy something from Apple? You know they're going to, uh, to make it obsolete and not work <laughs> in two years, so you have to buy a new thing. Um, yeah. Uh, tell that to my 30-month-old uh, iPhone 12 Pro Max. That is still the fastest device I have ever used. Yep. Yeah, or or the 2015 MacBook Pro sitting in my closet that still works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, look, last summer I only just gave up my 2012 Mac Pro. Now, granted, it wasn't running the latest version of Mac OS, but it ran great. It ran great. It was, it was absolutely fine. And if you know, if I wanted to. I could hack it and put Ventura if I wanted right now. Mm-hmm. I haven't bought yeah. a processor upgrade for it. I never got it installed because the Mac Studio came along and I went, ooh, Mac Studio. And I had to <laughs> I had to get that Mac Studio. But um yeah, it, they 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 last forever. They yeah. even if it's not running the absolute latest version of the operating system, uh you're you're still gonna get a good two, three years extra yeah. out of it, I think, and be yeah. fine. Good, good for you, Apple. Um Switching gears a little bit here, talking about streaming, uh, Warner Brothers is now replacing HBO Max with the Max streaming service. Uh, they announced plans this week, uh, it's actually yesterday as we record this, uh, to launch a new streaming service that will merge HBO Max and Discovery Plus content. Uh, the HBO brand will be eliminated and the streaming service will just be called Max. Uh, HBO's gone under a bunch of different rebranding efforts over the years. They've been a little crazy here when they 
it used to be called HBO Go and HBO Now and HBO Max. And so now they're trying to merge all this, but and they, they break down some of the, the new uh, the new plans, including the uh, ad light or ad free. Uh, it's, it's including ultimate ad free if you wanted to really get into your 4K. Uh, but the good thing is all the existing HBO Max subscribers, which I am one of them, um, will be able to just uh, get all this stuff in here. But the good thing is they're going to be adding all that dis- that Discovery TV content, including HGTV and Food Network, TLC. And, ID and a lot of those, those and because they were talking whether or not they were going to merge those two services since the Warner when Warner and Discovery uh, bought uh, Warner uh, that uh, this was going to uh, be absorbed into that. So now you know you're going to go one big service. It's going to get lots of great content, and not everybody. It's not for everybody, but uh, you know I, I think it's a it's a good thing. What, what do you think, Ben? Um. Of all the IP that uh, Warner Brothers Discovery owns, yeah, they chose to go with Max. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it is, but it just seems like the management of the more Discovery-controlled WB Discovery isn't all that high on what they bought. And seem to keep trying to distance themselves from the legacy brands like HBO, Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got rid of rid of a lot of the HBO Max content, and I mean, honestly, if you're one of those guys, if you're one of those viewers who likes the more reality TV based content of the Discovery bands or brands this is definitely a good thing since you no longer have to have two subscriptions but for me they got most of the rid of most of the content in the company that i find that i would want to pay this kind of money for what do you think joe um i i think that this is uh, a better deal for people who describe who who subscribe to Discovery than it is for people who subscribe to HBO Max. Um, uh, like Ben said, they cut they've cut a lot of content. The way they've put the packages together, you can get Discovery separately, but you can't get HBO separately. You have mm-hmm. to get that with Discovery. And uh, and what are they thinking with branding? They're taking the single most recognizable name in in cable and streaming content. And yeah, they eighties. Yeah. That's when it came out. HBO was there when cable started. And uh and yep. they're getting rid of that name. That is ridiculous. That is stupid. And uh and if anyone at Warner or whoever wants to talk to me about why they've made a horrible mistake, <laughs> I am happy to to explain it to them. Um, it's it, oh. it, it's crazy. It would be like Disney getting rid of the Disney name. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Honestly, right. the funny thing the the property this most co- coincides with that they own is Cinemax, the lesser of their premium networks. Mm. Yeah, no one subscribes to that. Or very few. 
Anything you want to add, Mike? You know, to Jeff's point, find the find the oldest cable era photo of a motel's sign that says "Color TV, yeah. Color Free TV, HBO, Air Conditioning, <laughs> HBO." Mm -hmm. yeah. Every single one of them says that. It doesn't say, "Oh, free terrestrial TV, free ABC and NBC and CBS." Yeah. No, it says yeah. HBO. Yeah. Right? It, you're you're yeah. spot on. Not only are they throwing out HBO, they're throwing out Warner Brothers, they're throwing out, you know, all the names that actually mean yeah. anything to anyone for yeah. something that Max. What does that mean? Are, are, are they trying uh, to confuse us Apple fans? Are they uh, trying to make us think that it has something to do with the Macintosh? Maybe that's what it is, Dave. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's, it's the exact opposite of the of the move Paramount made when they acquired CBS All Access. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if anything, it would have been smarter to just call it uh, Warner Brothers. Why that not? At least it's a name yeah. that people know and they know what it means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one last story here. Apple, the Apple Card savings account is likely going to launch on April 17th. Apple Card savings is going to be available probably starting on April 17th, according to a backend code in the Apple servers that was uncovered. Uh, the code suggests that... Uh, an iPhone with iOS 16.3 or later will be required to use the feature. If anybody doesn't know that, the Apple Card will be able to open up a high-yield savings account from Goldman Sachs in the wallet app and on their iPhone and start earning interest on their daily cash balance. Um, Apple is yet to reveal what the account's interest rate will be, but Goldman Sachs' existing Marcus high-yield high savings is at 3.75%, so we'll see where that goes, including the daily cash users will be able to deposit their own funds into the savings account, so... It's interesting to see where this goes. I mean, we've talked about this before. Apple is uh, doing, uh, getting into the banking business, and the, the Apple Card is was a, was a start. And uh, I think this is going to be the future. But, uh, what do you think, Mike? I, I'm surprised I waited so long to get an Apple Card. I like the Apple Card. I'm using it all the time now. Um, I don't think I'm going to use the savings account, but um, yeah, I, you know, hey, anything that can help people save money is a good thing. Absolutely. Jeffrey, um, I, yeah, I, I think this is a good thing. It's part of Apple's uh, uh, move into um, being even more intertwined with our personal lives in a uh, in in a less yeah. exploitive way than some other companies do. Um, and uh, and the big thing is mike you really did wait too long to get your apple card <laughs> last july you did. that's when i got it yeah wow okay well instead of giving you a hard time for waiting so long i i will give you positive praise and say good for you welcome to the <laughs> team well you know <laughs> it, it was that or no mac studio for mike so there you go yeah it's it makes it a really easy choice <laughs> at that go. point it really and it's almost paid off too yeah, it sure does Nice. And you have a weapon nice. you can carry around yeah, in your wallet. Oh, yeah. That thing is deadly, isn't it? That's true. Actually, mine is still in the box. It, you know, I, I treat that box like any Apple box I get. It's still still in the original shipping container. I still got the card in there. Yeah. Uh, I don't carry the card around. Yeah. Any thoughts, Ben? Um, you know, this is definitely a good move for Apple and financial services. Um, also, 
the mm-hmm. money that is in that savings account, if anybody takes this out, it's more likely to be an Apple purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that said, I'm kind of waiting for them to do additional uh, financial services. I'm hoping that an app, an Apple branded checking account uh, with a debit card is coming in the future. Hmm. Uh, mostly because I'm the one without the Apple card. And apparently, according to you guys, you can do the gambit thing with it. You you can totally gambit your card. Yes. Yes, you can. It literally yeah. takes yeah. less than two minutes to sign up and get one, Ben. I definitely get it. Yeah. Um, literally. And they'll even let you... Uh, Pre pre uh, pre apply for it and not hit, hit do a credit pull uh, before you uh, actually pull go, yeah. pull the trigger. Uh, honestly, I don't need another credit card. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, not for everybody. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the topics for this week. Um, I wanted to really hit this uh, the, the fact that uh, iOS sixteen dot four dot one was released to uh, to everybody uh, this uh, uh, this last week. And it, I can't say enough how important it is to, to run your updates now because there were some pretty serious vulnerabilities in here. Uh, one of them being was a, uh, was a vulnerability that's going to allow an app to execute arbitrary code with the kernel privileges. And Apple also addressed out-of-bounds write issue with improved in, input validation. So a lot of geeky type stuff, but it's, it's pretty serious uh, vulnerability here. Uh, update it, please, because you, you all will be... Uh, not you. You will be sorry if you don't get this updated, right? I'm sure, all you guys can agree with that. Yeah. Especially um, when it says active is uh, Mac OS. Act fix actively mm-hmm. exploited vulnerabilities, right? Mac OS as well, thirteen point three point one that was released, and and as as we talked about earlier, all the older OSs were were updated as well, including Monterey. There's still there's still some people running Monterey with the year the version before Ventura, so. Uh, I believe that's uh, 12.6.5. I think that's the latest version for Monterey, if I'm not mistaken, because I'm doing a lot of that update at work here. So we had to make sure our, our, our folks that still have to be on Monterey uh, are updated as well. So it's super important to, to take care of all the security issues that are going on um, with that. Um, so a couple of things that they, they also did is... Um, they uh, fixed uh, Siri response issues as far as any of the other bugs that was included as, uh, as well that we just talked about. Um, so uh, they uh, had that released as well as um, uh, Mac OS 13.3.1 was, uh, you know, and I was having this problem is the fact, you know, those of us who use our Apple watch to unlock our Mac, um, there was a, uh, there was a flaw problem of it uh, not uh, doing it. Uh, because uh, I was because I was really missing it. I really like. I don't know if you guys use that uh, feature. I love it to be able to unlock mm-hmm. my Mac with my watch, and, and anytime you have to put your password in, just you know, just do a double double tap on the watch, and and away you go. Um, so uh, they did that. Um, there was uh, also release of uh, TVOS that came out actually uh, uh, yesterday as we record this. So it was a, it was a couple days after. Um, that's sick. That's uh, HomePod, uh, uh, Jeff's favorite update here is at 16.4.1, as well as TVOS 16.4.1. Uh, according uh, to the release notes from uh, the update on the HomePod, it includes performance and stability improvements, like they always say, uh, but they didn't really give any release notes. Uh, same thing with HomePod. So uh, I'm sure 
it's the same old, same old uh, with HomePod that, that, that just has some, some fixes that we don't even know yeah, about, right? But clearly not fixes that actually matter. <laughs> that, that really matters. Especially right? the HomePod. Because we would, we would definitely, we'd definitely hear about it. Uh, and, uh, uh, also, a 16.4.1 was having some CarPlay problems, uh, so there is a way to fix it, uh, some con- connectivity issues. Um, if your CarPlay stops working for some reason uh, uh, when you go to 16.4.1, uh, it no longer connects. You can go through and make sure that you're using a genuine made-for-iPhone lightning cable. You'd be surprised as how as often, and we've said this before, don't don't use those substandard cables. I never do. I, I just don't. You know, I don't think it's smart to, to use them. Use either use a, lot, a legitimate a- Apple cable, or you know, or go with a vendor like Anchor or one of those uh, folks that get it made by iPhone certified. Mm-hmm. So, um, also check your car's infotainment system menus for CarPlay. Make sure that it's listed and enabled. Um, you can remove CarPlay from your iPhone and your vehicle, and then set it back up from scratch if you have to. That's always a pain, but that, that's the last resort if you have to do that. So, unfortunately, there was a bit of a bug. But that that kind of goes 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 along with it sometimes with this stuff, um, and um, and I, again we did talk about uh, the old operating systems, uh, but then beta beta this week is iOS sixteen point five beta two. Uh, they did see the second uh, the second uh, beta this week. Um, well, notably, there isn't really a lot of stuff to to be notable. Um, they did add a sports tab uh, in the Apple News app, which makes it easier to access sports focused uh, content. Um, and they also uh, updated a lot, uh, including a new Siri option for uh, starting a rec- screen recording with a voice command, which is awesome because always fumbling to do that screen recording to go up into the control center to have to start that. Now you can do it as a voice command, which I'm looking forward to that. So, Bennett, did you did you go into beta? Or you did you, are you, you you held back? Okay, because I know you said you were holding back for a bit. <laughs> oh yes, yes, um, yeah. I I I couldn't resist. Um, I will say this: I have been doing this professionally for over a decade. Um, right. I know what to expect. Do not follow me onto the beta. <laughs> yes, we say that every yeah. time on the show. We, we cover beta, but we say proceed with caution or don't proceed at all, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you really want to. Critical devices. Yeah. Yeah. Do not do that. But I have you know, to Jeff say. Jeff has his iPad. So far, Good. it seems pretty stable. Good. Good. Uh, good to hear. So uh, I, I've, I'm running it on this. Uh, iPhone XR that I use as a camera. It's been it's been pretty flawless. I have a an, an older iPad Pro that I run uh, iOS iPad OS on it as well. So and uh, Mike, I I'm assuming you still don't you don't dabble in beta. Not generally. Right? Once in a while for Mac, you know, I I I had an older Mac that I could throw betas onto when I wanted to test them out, but no longer support mm-hmm. it. So um, no, yep. uh, I'm afraid I I really don't. This this is my this is okay. my one and only little tiny aluminum and glass device that I carry around with me. So going to what Jeff and Ben said about mission critical devices and beta software, I don't mix the two. Right. Nope. I agree with you hundred percent. I don't either. And my 14 pro max stays on the current version until it's ready for prime time. Um, 
WatchOS 9.5 was released to developers and to public. Uh, and now, by the way, this is out for the public beta as well as developers for all these that I'm mentioning. Um, nothing really mentioned that they, uh, that's included as of now for the watch. Uh, so that's out. And then uh, tvOS, um, I believe, yeah, 16.5 was released. And again, same thing. They don't, uh, they don't disclose much. Um, Apple has done a much better job as far as simplifying iOS 16.4 beta installation methods uh, by expanding it to the latest uh, versions of macOS Ventura 13.4 and watchOS 9.5 betas. Um, it's a new beta installation method. For those of you who are enrolled in the developer program and or you've used the public beta option, uh, they now have uh, a, way, a place in the software update where you can turn on beta updates on, beta updates off, and then it'll show in the list uh, which one you want to use. Um, the article in the show notes shows this. Um, so that this really a kind of a welcoming thing to see because you know it was either all or nothing. You, you, you had to put the profile on the device in order for it to install. This way, now you have a bit of a control of whether or not you want to install right away. It's a lot easier. So have you tried that? Have you tried that? Yeah, it's a lot easier to go back and forth between the beta and stable releases uh, with this method right. than the old uh, profile method, which was kind of a pain to install. And then when you're done with it, you have to remember where in the hell the settings it is. Right. Right. So... I, um, I am curious and, when uh, they add. Yeah, when, oh, you want to have to add? Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. When when did they add that oh, beta updates feature? Because I, I'm I'm curious when they added that only because I forgot I was in the developer program at one point. I guess I still am <laughs> because it started showing up on my phone, and I I yeah. I'm like, oh well, that's kind of cool. Ain't gonna do it, but that's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I yeah, forget what profile. I forget whether it's sixteen dot one or sixteen dot two. Is that wow? It's been that long. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's been the last couple versions, yeah, of it. Of it. So, um, then um, it wouldn't be a it wouldn't, there wouldn't be a place for not having rumors here. But the Mac Mac rumors article here also is Apple is now testing iOS sixteen dot six ahead of the the iOS seventeen at WWDC. They are inter they're currently testing it internally, according uh, uh, to the website's analytics log that Mac Rumor says. It's provided to be a reliable indicator of the upcoming update. Um, it's probably going to be likely the last one of the updates in the iOS 16 cycle. So we got uh, Dub Dub coming out in June, so we got a couple months here. So it'll be it'll be too early to tell really what that's going to happen. Um, uh, so uh, we'll see where that goes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's, um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, iCloud keychain. How do you set it up? How do you, uh, I, 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 I'm kind of, I don't know what you guys think about iCloud keychain. I mean, it's, it's good to have it synced, but you know, it's also could be a nightmare uh, with that. Have you guys have any experiences using uh, iCloud keychain? Are you mm -hmm. using it? Uh, Mike, are you using it? As a password manager or as a way to store my wireless uh, connection passwords and, you know, as, Safari passwords and things like that. Yeah, the, the passwords, because yeah, I, like, just like the keychain on the Mac. Yeah, I don't use it as a password manager like Apple now wants us to. Mm -hmm. uh, instead, I, I do have it on. I do let uh, Safari sync to it. I I do let you know. Obviously, I'm storing my my wireless passwords in there, which is nice. When you open up your laptop and some new Wi-Fi connection point that you connected to with your phone now suddenly works on the laptop, that's awesome. I like that. Um, but it, mm -hmm. it is 
problematic. It's not super reliable, in my opinion. I have had numerous Great. occasions. In fact, here at home, my iPhone keeps forgetting the password. And I I have completely mm. wiped it out. I've re-added it. I it it just it just keeps dropping it. And I type it in. It says, "Cool, we're good to go again." And then a couple of weeks later, it's forgotten it. So it's not super reliable, but it works. I agree. It does it does what it's supposed to do. I guess. I agree. Um, article we have in the show notes for my download blog is uh, got it goes through some of the steps. And uh, you know, during the device setup, you can turn it on, or you can turn it off and turn it on later. And this is available for both iPhone, iPad, as well as the Mac, uh, turning that uh, keychain later. I mean, I'm using both. I have one password, and I also have iCloud keychain. I, I, I have the passwords in both places. I feel they're both secure, and they're, it's nice. It's kind of a nice to have to be in mode. Uh, you know, I think us geeks like to be uh, in all environments we can be in. Um, so uh, the, the cool thing is that Apple does allow you to have both of them turn on at the same time, so you can make a choice. Do you want to get the password from your iCloud? keychain or you want to get in our case one password um so you can you can definitely go in there and uh and do some configurations um so going into pass going and tapping an icloud and going to passwords and keychain you can turn on the sync turn off the sync whatever you choose so you do have uh granular control on it same thing with the mac uh, under the apple id um so it will save all those passwords whenever you need them um uh again I've had some frustrations where, you know, I may, I may have changed the password and then a lot of times it doesn't sync because I find that one password does a much better job of, you know, when you have to change a password that it's, it's going to see it and tell you, okay, do you want to change this? And then it syncs it um, versus, you know, iCloud, uh, key, the iCloud keychain can tend to be a challenge when it comes to using that. So is that, is that how you do it, Jeff, as far as your passwords? Do you use both or do you use only one? I use both. Um, one password is my uh, primary system for everything. Uh, a cloud keychain that's uh, Mike Mike alluded to how I'm using that without even realizing he did that everything <laughs> that uh, that's like a, a network login um, uh, all of that kind of stuff that I want to have across all my devices so that they just connect to the things they're supposed to transparently that's where iCloud keychain comes in um, yeah and and I'm not having trouble with it, uh, which, which is not me saying, well, I'm not having trouble with it. So, so I don't know what your problem is. It's, it's just me saying, yeah. I think I'm one of the lucky people then because it works fine for me. <laughs> um, and, but yeah. then I guess the other side of it is what could go wrong that would be a problem for me actually isn't something I need to worry about with iCloud Keychain because everything including the passwords that that uh that are in iCloud keychain i have all of that stuff in one password okay yeah me too what about you ben do you are you using both or are you using one i'm using primarily uh one password i haven't had a lot of uh a lot of success with iCloud keychain um it's actually locked mm -hmm. me out on it with an iCloud bug before Ooh, ouch. But yeah. But mm. I mean, in addition to the bug, I don't think the current interface for that is all that user friendly. I yeah, think I it really needs its own app. Absolutely. Oh my God. Honestly, I mean, yep. Yeah, I'm amazed that it's still this hidden sort of app thing that 
isn't really all that user-friendly. I mean, especially when it's more than good enough for everyday users as their password manager. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so check it out uh, to see if it's something that should, that's good for you. But, uh, you know, if you don't want to use it, yeah, you don't have to. You can have it turned off and it just, you know, for those of you who use one password or any password manager for that matter, Bitwarden or any others, um, that, those might be, you know, more... Uh, more for your liking than using uh, the keychain, but I like doing to both. What, what, what do you think, Mike? Uh, I was just going to raise one interesting point that I stumbled across as I was experimenting with other password managers, that uh, mm -hmm. if you want to autofill passwords on your phone, I think it's only on the phone. I, I, I don't believe this is the case on the Mac because you're running it in your menu bar otherwise, um, but you can mm -hmm. only have one other in addition to iCloud passwords and keychain. In other words, you can have iCloud right. passwords and keychain and one password, or you right. can have Strongbox, or you can have Bitwarden, or you can, but you can't have them all turned on, which I think is a little, well, I don't think it's a little, I know it's a little disappointing. I was disappointed when I found that out because I really hoped that I could, mm. you know, compare different password managers live as it were. You know, how is this one working alongside this one? How does that work when I'm filling in passwords versus this one? That sort of thing. And when you can only have one or the other turned on, that makes that kind of comparison a little bit more difficult. But um, yeah. that that's the only real downfall to how Apple does it on the iPhone. Yeah, no, no I agree. I definitely agree. Um, so check that out. And, uh, you know, you... you you guys, you have to decide which one you want, but we all we all uh, recommend one password as your as your primary password manager of choice. Um, so, um, next topic I want to talk about here is uh, I, I found this interesting: a VPN free on an iPhone. Hmm. Uh, apparently, uh, the browser Opera um, is now rolling out a huge new security feature for everyone who uses it on the iPhone or the iPad. Uh, you know, we always talk about how important it is to use a VPN uh, when there's uh, plenty of options out there with security. Um, but uh, Opera has now made it available on the iPhone, on the iPad uh, VPN. Uh, you can you can check that out. They did have an early access program, but it's now starting to be rolled out to everybody who wants it in that browser. Um, you can download Opera now, and and and, go, and it is free. Uh, and of course, you probably would see VPN there in a, in a bit, uh, but. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of skeptical about this because you know free and VPN. Yeah, those mm, typically like don't fit feel, well together. Because there's so many of those. Okay, v free VPN. Okay, and yeah, no. Uh, you know, I I personally use Surfshark. I like them mm -hmm. a lot. I know people use ExpressVPN. I know you use uh, Tunnel mm -hmm. Bear. I believe yep. uh, Jeff. Um, and um, so. It's worth a check it out. I mean, I, I'm not, I was never really a big, huge Opera browser fan. I mean, there's so many other browsers out there, obviously. Um, what do you think, Ben? Is this something that you would use? Um, I don't know yet. I'll have to look into it. I know Opera has been in a browser that has prided itself on its privacy. Right. That said, this is a premium feature that they are giving away for free. There's nothing that's ever free. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it, I, like we just said with VPN. Yeah, I have to wonder how <laughs> they're paying for this. You have to wonder. Yeah. You definitely have to wonder. 
you know, um, I, I think this is a nice feature. However, this is not nearly as useful as, uh, as a lot of the articles that I've seen about this are making out or making it out to be because this is a VPN in the Opera browser. What you really need is a VPN that works for your entire connection. And this does not mm -hmm. give you that. Mm -hmm. So since it falls short of what you really need a VPN for, it, I fear, is going to create a false sense of security for some people who, who use this. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, so my, my advice is if you want to play with this, just so you can see how it works. If you're already an Opera user, Okay, now you have a new thing in Opera when you're using the Opera browser. Okay, fine. Um, but get a proper VPN and uh, and use that when you need a VPN so all of your data is, is uh, tunneled. And as far as how are they paying for this, I don't know, but I believe Opera has, uh, has other business level uh, operations. So they're probably paying for the uh, the VPN for uh, individual users through that. Yeah, probably makes sense. But we'll that's we'll investigate it further. This just got announced uh, that uh, a day or two ago as we're recording this, so I haven't had a chance to play with it. Uh, did you have any uh, other thoughts, Mike? Um, Opera on the desktop is a Chromium browser. That's it. That's what it is. So yeah. if you've used Chrome, if you've used Edge, if you've used Brave, you've used Opera. It, it, they're all the same. When I need yeah. to turn to a Chromium browser on my desktop, I turn to Opera. That's what I use. And I have mm -hmm. used the VPN feature on the desktop many, many times, and it works great. Uh, to Jeff's point, it's not mm -hmm. system-wide, but that's not what I use it for. I don't, I don't, feel as if I need a VPN to tunnel to some other location to protect my IP address. IP addresses are just a fact of life on the internet. So big deal. I don't care if someone knows my IP address because it's my ISP's IP address, not mine. Exactly. But exactly. that said, what I have used it for is I happen to have my home internet provider is T-Mobile, T-Mobile home internet, and it's constantly okay. cycling IP addresses. Constantly, you can watch it cycling wow. IP addresses as you're going along. It's it, it's very weird. It doesn't interfere with Hulu or Netflix or anything like that, but it does interfere with some um, some services I need to sign into uh, professionally that depend upon that IP address being consistent once you've signed in. And once you sign in, if it changes, it logs you out again. Mm -hmm. It's very annoying. Right. So I have turned to the VPN and Opera, turned it on, set, set myself up to come from, I don't know, California or wherever. And it keeps right. me consistently connected to the services I need to connect to. So it does its job. It does exactly what it's supposed to be, um, or supposed to do, I should say. And uh, it works fine. It does, it, it does what it says on the tin. So I'm happy with it uh, when I need it. But on a day-to-day -day basis, I don't I don't typically use VPN. So having it built into a browser for the times that I need it are great. Uh, what I did use before that was TunnelBear. And TunnelBear is also yep. free, or freemium, I should say. Mm -hmm. And I have paid for it 
in the past for when I used to do a little bit more traveling and needed um, wanted um, connections to servers and uh, uh, client devices when I'm connecting to them via an open, unsecured connection at a hotel somewhere. That's where I might use it. But um, I, I, I don't have a need for that anymore. So for yeah, for the times I do need it, it works great. You just click a little button, push the little you know virtual power button, turn it on, tell it where you want to appear you are coming from, and you're connected. Works great. Yeah, absolutely. So check it out. We'll uh, if we uh, we'll all actually try it out, and then you'll we'll back come back and report back to see uh, see how the experience was with it. So. Um, one last topic I wanted to hit here, and the uh, reason I brought this up is because um, I've been tasked to look for some new uh, iPad keyboard folio cases. Um, there's so many of them out there, and um, you know I've had the Apple one for for, for years, uh, the, the Magic Keyboard, which is okay. What I'm not thrilled about with the Apple Magic Keyboard is the fact that it, it, it can dislodge very easily. It comes off of the magnetic backing of it. And then, of course, there's no way no, other than putting the, the, the Apple Pencil in the uh, on top of the iPad. You can easily lose that pencil very, very easily with the Apple Magic Keyboard. Plus, you're paying a premium for the Apple Magic Keyboard. It's $349 mm-hmm. for the 12.9-inch, and it's about $199 for the 11-inch uh, Pro. Uh, well, also th- that one also works with the Air uh, iPad Air as well. But so, but there are a lot of great alternatives, and I've 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 seen these guys before a lot of these at uh, at CES, and I've also uh, looked at them in the past here. So, um, the first one uh, I, I, that came to mind was Bridge. I mean, I think Bridge. That's B B B R Y D G E. Um, they've come out with some really great. Um, iPad uh, keyboards uh, that's out there, specifically the one that I think that stands out the the, the is is the one uh, that's called the Bridge Max Plus. Uh, that one is magnetic, uh, but it does have a quite quite a solid keyboard uh, compared to, uh, to to the Apple Magic Keyboard, um, and uh, it's Bluetooth wireless technology. It does give you some really good. Uh, connections with that um, and uh, I think that's one of the one of the ones that stands out as, as far as uh, with bridge um, the other one is Logitech and I think Logitech are probably it probably is going to be my choice here as far as um, the uh, the the iPad uh, the, the the folio uh, keyboard here mm-hmm. um, and it's it is just really a great case and and also the fact that the matter is that it actually has an actual case so the ipad is going into a case the keyboard is attached to it and it's a really a case because that's that's you know especially people who are going to be taking it out all the time you if you're out in the field you're doing things you know if you're if they're workers who you know they're, they're going to go out to into a location that they got to work on an ipad to be able to work on it you want to have a rugged case that's going to protect it that this this it's Scares me. This I mean, I wouldn't probably use that like in that application, but the uh, the the Magic Keyboard through Apple is is not one that's really a safe thing to to travel with. It's good for working at your desk and you know carrying it. It, it closes and it protects the iPad. But you know, I, I felt always I was so worried about losing my my pencil and and or falling somewhere. And even though the magnet's pretty strong, I mean, I think out of all the ones I uh, of the cases I've looked at, I think the uh, the, the Logitech was probably the the best choice. Um, do you guys uh, use uh, these keyboards at all on your iPads at all? Yes, I do. do I, uh, which one do you have, Ben? Um, I have. Well, I should have say should I say now my mother has since she permanently has borrowed my iPad <laughs> Air. 
Um, I have the, <laughs> the folio touch on that. I absolutely love it. It offers great prote- protection. Uh, my mom and my niece and nephews are very hard on equipment. Mm-hmm. It has kept that iPad safe. Um, I think the keyboard on that is fantastic. Uh, and why small, the touchpad works great too. Um, yeah, I mean, I it, it is yeah. it is the best. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the Apple Magic Keyboard is a little bit flash, more flashy, uh, but this is more than perfectly adequate to turn your uh, iPad into a true re- laptop replacement for most people at a price less than half of what Apple's charging. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, th- I definitely think it's worth it yeah. um, the other th- as far as that yeah, goes. The other thing on it, I've had that for almost two years now. It has been 100% reliable. That's great. Yeah, $159.99 for a, for a folio touch for the for the 11-inch uh, iPad Pro as well as the Air. Yep. I mean, you really can't beat it. And I believe they also have a, they have a version for the uh, the 12.9-inch too. Yes. Uh, for those who have the, the bigger iPad, a little more money, but um, same thing. I think it's a it's a really great choice. Yeah. Um, you guys have do you guys use uh, key, uh, keyboard folios at all, uh, uh, Jeff? I'm still using the older Apple uh, keyboard folio, the one where yeah. um, it, not not like the new one mm-hmm. that that Apple makes. Right. So mine doesn't have a trackpad in it. I was ready yeah. to buy the uh, the magic keyboard with trackpad thing built in. Uh, and then the pandemic hit and we stopped going places and it didn't make sense for me to to buy that. What yeah. made that one worth it to me over the others is that it lifts the iPad up and it puts the screen at a, at a better viewing height for me. And, uh, and, and that was actually the killer feature for me with that. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know, maybe one of these days I'll, I'll look for someone selling one used or open box, uh, purchase or something. Yeah. Well, I, I, you just can't go wrong with this Logitech. Uh, I don't even talk about, it. I mean, I do have a case. I use the, uh, the, the Zugu, a Z-U-G-U case that's on my iPad. Um, I love that case. It doesn't have a keyboard, but it, it protects it so nicely. It has two places to put your Apple Pencil. It's it's, it's magnetic, at, and it has a container that actually keeps the pencil in place as well as it's got a, a back uh, elastic strap that the pencil can just slide into in the back of the, yeah, of the case. Why too. doesn't so Apple those, include something to hold the pencil? Uh, I don't know. That I mean, that, so that to me is crazy. I, I do... So easy. Lose. Like, have to dig through the bottom of my bag all the time. To exactly. find the Apple Pencil. Did you have one, Mike? Do you, you, uh, you have an iPad? Uh, uh, you know, case? one of the things I love about Amazon is how easy they make it to go back and search for purchases you've made in the past. Because <laughs> I, I was trying to remember yes. the name and model of the Logitech keyboard combo case thingy that I bought for my iPad many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I looked it up. This was 2018 I purchased this. Um, now, you mm-hmm. know, Dave, and I think Jeff might know, too, that the iPad is integral to the recording system at MacStock every that's, year. That's right. Uh, and 
I wanted something since I'm not sitting there running it. I wanted something that uh, the person who's who's volunteering and helping out with the cameras can sit there and not only be able to touch the screen, but have a an actual keyboard to type on that's not going to get yeah. in the way when a you know a virtual keyboard slides up. So I purchased, and I was very happy with it, the slim combo uh, keyboard and case for my older iPad Pro. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, one of the things I really like about it mm -hmm. is the backlit keyboard on it, which I think is just yep. phenomenal. Now, like the one yeah. that Jeff was talking about, this doesn't have a trackpad. It doesn't have any of that. But, you know, let's be honest, mouse control on an iPad is kind of ineffectual anyway, from my yeah. opinion. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of well, it. Not it, a big it, fan of it. It has its issues. It, it has its uses. It's basically a a virtual finger is really what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, re I really like this. It's a great case. The only thing, uh, if I were to ding it on anything, and the reason it's not on my iPad all the time is it's heavy. It adds a lot of weight to the iPad. Even uh, my standard case, which doesn't have a keyboard, uh, it, I took it off the other week because I, I wanted to, um, I don't remember why I took it off. I took it off for some reason. And I've left it off. It's been now like two weeks because my iPad is like a quarter of the thickness it was oh, when wow. I had this case on it. I, I was like, wow, yeah. this is a really nice, thin, lightweight device. Who knew? Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah that, that's like a leather case with a, or a, a pleather, a pleather case with a little flap on the front of it. And and it, it, it served its purpose. But I think now uh, the iPad is going to live uh, sans case these days. And then when I need to, when I need to have that keyboard, I'll I'll slap it back into this Logitech Slim Combo. Uh, but it was a great case, and I I absolutely like you said. I think all of you said I I stand by Logitech keyboards and cases and mice and everything. Yeah. They make great stuff, and can't beat the price. So um, glad to hear all you guys having given some opinions on cases. I, I think that that was very valuable to everybody to if who's looking to get something like this. I'll definitely have all the links in the show notes uh, to all the different products we talked about uh, this week uh, on the, on these cases. But uh, that was a very good segue you're saying about Mac stock. Um, we had Barry Folk on last week, and he talked about the Midwest back Mac barbecue, which we're super excited that he brought that back. And yeah. uh, Mike, uh, tell us about Mac stock. We've been talking about it for like the last like forever, and then uh, now. I got you back on. I wanted you to tell more about tell everybody more about this. What do people need to know that you haven't already said, Dave? You have been such a wonderful cheerleader of it, not only this year, but since the beginning, really. Um, and I, I definitely appreciate that. And it was great having Jeff on for Mac Eyes Only the other week, and we could talk about it a little bit then. Yeah, and that share was some, a lot of fun. Thanks for yeah, having me on for that. Yeah, yeah share some insights. Go back and listen to that. Was a, that was a great show. Yeah, it, 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 you know, it's great. And, and everybody has just been so supportive of Mac Stock. I don't know what I can say that hasn't been said, um, but, uh, you know, we just have a, a phenomenal lineup of presenters this year. Um, you know, we have we uh, Mr. Jeff Gamut. We have Mr. Dave Ginsburg, which is which is fantastic. But uh, Wally Chewinski is back with his um, uh, Max Doc Short Film Festival, which I'm super excited about. We've been wanting to do the second yep. version of the Short Film Festival since, well, since 2019 when we did the first one. And it just has yeah. not worked out to have it for, well, for various reasons, let's just say. Mm. Um, Dave yeah. Hamilton and John F. Brown are going to be there doing Mac Geek Gab live on stage Saturday oh, afternoon. That's going to be so which fun. Which is going to be a blast. 
But then we have all the, the regular presentations as well. We have Chuck Joyner is back again. We have Mike Schmitz back again. We have Allison Sheridan back again. And then we have a number of um, folks who have not presented at MaxDoc in, in a while. Uh, uh, Kirshen Sia is going to be back again. And she always does a fantastic job with her talks. She does. Um, let's see. who else? Oh, and we have new presenters too. Brittany Smith is going to be presenting at MaxDoc this year. Oh, that's oh, a new wow. one. That, that's, that's cool. A, that's a scoop out there. That is, we didn't know that. I'm that's... so excited because Brittany and I have been trying to get her on oh Max Talk stage for at least three years now. So I'm She's super, And you finally super wore her oh down. Gosh. Finally wore her really down, did. yes. Uh, but Brittany's going to be there. That, that's an exclusive. <laughs> it, it is an exclusive. Yep. I'm, I'm planning to announce this on the next live stream, but you get it here first, Dave. Uh, and then uh, right. Rachel Schmitz is going to be presenting this year. And uh, oh, nice, Mike's wife. Uh, that it is Mike's wife, as a matter of fact. Yes, uh, she's gonna be, yes. she has her own presentation she's going to be doing. And then uh, we awesome. have another new presenter. So Rachel's a new presenter, Brittany's a new presenter, and Jill McKinley is a new presenter as well. And some of the folks who follow uh, Allison's blogs and podcasts may recognize Jill from there. Um, Allison highly recommended Jill for Max Talk this year. Jill said yes, and so she's going to be on stage at MaxDoc this year, too. So we really have a, a fantastic lineup. Oh, my God. I already mentioned Mac Geek Gab. I already mentioned the Short Film Festival. You mentioned Barry's Midwest Mac Barbecue. I mean, what more can people want? This is, MaxDoc is this back, is like, baby. This is going to be a fantastic year for Barry. MaxDoc. I'm All super that excited and for Dave it. Ginsburg. What more could you want at a conference? <laughs> All that, Dave Ginsburg and Jeff Gamut. Yeah, both of us on one stage. Yeah, we're going to tear yeah. that place down. <laughs> Absolutely. In a good way. Yes. In a good way. In, in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. And just tell, and just tell everybody when it is. and we're Yeah. Done. Oh, I suppose okay. folks might want to know that, huh? Well, it is July 22nd and 23rd, which is a Saturday, Sunday. Barry's Midwest Mac Barbecue is a couple days before that. That is on the 20th, right? That's the tw two days, Thursday, the 20th. Yes. Thursday. Is right? Midwest Mac Barbecue. I'd. You know, not only are you asking me to do math, Dave, but you're asking me to do math backwards. Dates. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, 22nd and 23rd is Mac Stock. Uh, Midwest Mac Barbecue is the 20th. So we yep. we just have a, a wonderful, wonderful, full, extended weekend for everyone. Great time. And uh, anyone who wants to learn more about Mac Stock can go to MacStockConferenceAndExpo.com. And uh, or max.conference.com will get you there too. You can read up about all of our presenters. Uh, we are currently in the process of getting the descriptions for everyone's talks ready. And then what I like to do is kind of get the talks grouped together in a you know logical, make sense kind of way. Uh, so once I have everybody's description, we're going to be filling out the schedule. Uh, but as far as the schedule is concerned, uh, the Short Film Festival is going to um, take place two days, Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. Nice. And yeah, yeah, awesome. that's going to be awesome. So anyone listening to this, if you're coming to MaxDoc and you want to take part in that, it is open to everyone. Go to MaxDoc's website and under the conference link, you're going to find the uh, Short Film Festival link or MaxDoc Film Fest link. Just let us know you want to submit a, a short film. It's only two and a half minutes. Everyone can do it. Yeah. You're going to have a blast. Don't worry if you've never even done we it did. before. Anything you put together is going to be warmly 
accepted and given the red carpet treatment by Wally. I guarantee it. He just he just yes, loves he doing that sort of thing so much. Um, yes. So, yeah. And then uh, Matt Geekab is going to wrap up the end of the day Saturday. So that's just a, a great oh, way to get people we, prepped a, for, and, you know, for Sunday. So, yeah, fantastic lineup of um, presenters. We're back. Like you said, we're back, we're baby. Back. <laughs> we're back. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a. And now we now we just gotta get Ben to, to be there. Ben's you gotta you gotta I, make I, it up. I'm I'm definitely uh, leaning that way. Good. Yeah, I think. Well, you good, know, good. I I see. I I got the impression, Ben, that you're you've been somewhat Max curious for a few years now. Oh yes. Very so, very curious. So we then just every, need to... then something always happens like. Uh, like, like life, life gets in the way. Yeah. 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 Life. Bills, <laughs> pandemics. That you know what? <laughs> it, 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 family, career, life in general, oh, yeah. super, super important stuff. You should never put any of that behind Max Talk. But if you can, definitely make it out. It's going to be a great time. Yes, it definitely will be. Thanks, Mike. I Appreciate it, and we appreciate it because we love Max Scott, and we'll keep talking about it and get more more people registered. Like like you said, go to maxstockconferenceandexpo.com. Uh, it, it's a bargain. All the stuff you're going to be getting for the next for two straight days, um, you are definitely going to uh, have something to really enjoy. Oh, sign up and join us. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Please. Please do. So with that, thank you, and let's go ahead and wrap things up for this week. Uh, that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions uh, to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can find us on Twitter at InTouchWithIOS, as well as Mastodon at InTouchWithIOS. Support the show by buying me a coffee at InTouchWithIOS.com slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. You can become a patron of the show by going to Patreon.com slash InTouchWithIOS. We have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe so you're notified when we are live streaming uh, on YouTube, which is uh, usually on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash iOS. It's great to see Webb, Bixby, and everybody else that was in the chat uh, tonight, so you can uh, chat live with us during that time. You also can watch the, the live stream. We, I always keep that up, as well as uh, any of the past shows are, are on YouTube in the podcast area here. <clears throat> Visit uh, In Touch with iOS Magazine on Flipboard, where many of the topics we talk about uh, are flipped into this magazine. The link is in the show notes. And then you can subscribe to the show in your favorite podcatcher, including Pocket Casts, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, and many others. But better yet, go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com, where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsburg. You can find me on Mastodon at AG65 at Mastodon.cloud, on Twitter as well at, at DaveG65. Mike Potter, thank you for being here this week. Always love having you on the show. Where can people find you? Well, you very generously just let me tell everyone about MaxDoc, but MaxDocConferenceAndExpo.com is where you can find me and MaxDoc. FourMacEyesOnly.com is where you can find my podcast, which we are now yes. also recording live on YouTube the second and fourth Friday every month. And Eric and I are having an absolute blast with that. And great show. on Mastodon is where you'll find me. So you'll find me at tooting.ninja slash at for Mac eyes only, or also at tooting.ninja at MacStockExpo. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. And uh, Ben Rathick, 
Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Where people can find you? Uh, well, you can find me at Ben Rathig on your social media of choice. I'm pretty easy to find there. You can find me at my website, rathig.tech. Uh, and you can also find me um, on Chuck Joyner's show, In Touch with iOS, and uh, Annoying Jeff Gamut Thursdays and Fridays on the British Tech Network. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're oh, funny. Ben, Thanks, Ben. You do Pre- not appreciate. You do not annoy me that much. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, Jeff Gab. Speaking of Jeff Gamma, Jeff. Thanks for being here. Not last, but not least. Certainly not least. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you uh, on on the various socials as Jay Gamut, Mastodon, and Instagram. That's where I'm most active right now. Okay, then the shows. Um, with most of you on Chuck Joyner's Mac Voices Live on Tuesdays. Um, de- um, um, yeah, I guess. Oh, Mike, you're like the only person that I don't see there regularly. Well, Chuck should no. fix that. <laughs> Chuck should he, fix He that. begs, he pleads, he cries, and still I'm a rock. <laughs> He's just a cold, cold man. Well. Cold, cold stone Mike. That's that's it. That's that's my nickname, I guess. All right. So uh, so until we wear Mike down, he, he's not on Mac Voices Live. All right. Then um, and then on <laughs> Thursdays, I'm the the long standing interim host <laughs> on uh, on the big show. <coughs> Excuse me. Same thing on Fridays for the Mac show, long-standing interim host. Thursday evenings with all of you on on Dave's show. And then also on the Context Machine, Brian Chaffin and I have teamed up again. And uh, and that's either a great thing or total trouble, depending on your perspective. Horrible. So you you are the Phil Collins of the Mac show. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'm kind of yeah. like the Phil Collins of the Mac <laughs> He was show. the interim, the interim lead singer after Peter Gabriel left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and and um, until Ewan is able or willing to come back willing. <laughs> to the Mac show and the Big Show, I will continue to interim host and continue to introduce myself it. as the interim host. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Thanks. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, we'll be we'll be back again soon.